welcome to Minute 56 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is DJ Valentine of Simplistic Review. Welcome to the show, DJ. It is a pleasure being on to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, the best, I don't care what anybody says, Thanksgiving movie of all time, and three-fourths of the best scene in this, this movie of all time. So yes, I'm happy to be here. And and it's also the the best movie we starting PTA right? <laughs> oh yes, the great Paul Thomas Anderson's classic. <laughs> exactly. Nobody's gonna get that joke. We gotta explain this joke. <laughs> you want to explain it? You can explain it. Uh, I, I was told uh, we, we we booked this this show a, what, a year ago. I can't remember. When no, we, we booked it. We booked it. We booked the show about six months ago. We talked about it. That ago. it was playing strangers and automobiles. And when I got, right. contacted DJ about a month ago, I said, "So when do you want to record PTA?" And he wrote me back and says, "Well, I don't know anything about Paul Thomas Anderson." So <laughs> because he's doing hip lingo. Okay, I'm I'm old. I, I gotta get like it spelled out to me. And my, I just when you said that, my co-host, who's a humongous Paul, Tam- Paul Thomas Anderson fan, and I have forgotten all about the Planches. I'm like, why? What? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, uh, did he mistake me for my co-host? Because I don't know it, if I could fill up a show talking about Paul Thomas Anderson other than go watch his stuff. <laughs> exactly. So like, he goes, no, planes, trains, and all. I was like, oh, oh, okay, I got it. So that you can fill a show up with, right? My my senility kind of got the better of me there. Right. But yeah. So you can fill up a show talking about plane trains and automobiles, then, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. we, we shall find out. We'll I mean, find I, again, we're, we're we're stuck all week in the, in a car, so you know, we don't, I, don't, yes. I don't think we get out of the car at all this week. At no. least at least not on screen. In the script we do, but on screen we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, minute fifty six begins with Dell stating the obvious, at least according to him. And goes all the way till Neil turns over as Dell does the mess around. So last week we ended the the show on Friday with Neil getting into the car seat and realizing that Dell had actually broken it by playing around with all the mechanisms. Now, one of the, the favorite, my favorite trivia aspects of this particular scene, which ended or is continuing now. This this is one of the two scenes that that sold Steve Martin on this movie. You know, he read mm-hmm. the script and he said, "Okay, I'm going to do it because of the marathon scene, which we discussed in very deep detail two weeks ago." And <laughs> this scene. So, you know, it, it's a great scene. The and so they continue their argument here. Basically, Dell. Is driving and he doesn't understand why Neil believes that he broke the car seat. <laughs> Even though Neil is he's like he's like he's not paying attention to what's going on. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> well that's Dell. Maybe 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 <laughs> Dell likes to, to sit in, in the car seat that way. I don't know. I mean one of the questions that we brought up last week when, when Mark was on this is that okay, well, what did Dell do in all the other places that he was sitting? You know, he complained last week that he had a bad back. But when he was on the plane, he didn't complain of a bad back. When he was in the airport, when he was on the train, when he was on the bus, you know, he's been in so many different situations. And also when he was in the driver's seat, he didn't complain either. It's only right. when, when he's he's sitting leisurely in the passenger seat is when he starts complaining that he has a bad back. Because it's not as if Neil got into the to the driver's seat and that seat also was flat on his back, you know, because of the way that Dell had to play around with it or anything like that. 
I mean, it's a, it's a great gag, and it works very well here. There's no question about it, especially that it's John Candy. Come on. Yeah, of course. I mean, John Candy, I mean, I, you guys have broken him down probably, but it's just he's <laughs> – he. It, I think it's he's so genuine even with the most absurd stuff. <laughs> Completely. Like, I guess I – I believe that he believes this. <laughs> exactly. That, that you, you, hit, you hit it right on the nose. There's no question about it. We've, we've said this so many times. A lot of the lines that Dell delivers, he delivers them in such a genuine and I guess you can sort of say naive way that we really believe that, that he believes what he's saying and that he's, and, he's, he's, he's doing it with, with, with a good heart. He's not trying to be and, mean and, about that. Right. And I mean, spoiler to the ending he's lying the whole time yes <laughs> that's the that's the greatest thing about him you believe him i think he might believe him but he's, he's lying the whole time but that's the thing he's lying to himself right he's right. he's creating this this fantasy world around himself i mean uh there's there's something that that we discussed a little bit last week that in the script there's a point where he mentions that he has two kids mm-hmm. and that was cut out of the movie and that changes the whole dynamics you know, right. when you know what happens at the end of this movie, you think he's this lonely guy with nothing around him. But if he does have two kids, so it, it adds a little bit to it. It means that he's not completely alone. So right. I, I guess they decided just to cut those lines out because, you know, they, they didn't really need them. So basically, Neil in the last minute said, you broke the car seat. And he goes, how can you break a car seat? It's impossible. <laughs> and then Neil says to him, what do you mean it's impossible? And then Dell genuinely says, "Well, do you want to drive?" <laughs> Why doesn't he say yes there? <laughs> it's because he's tired, I guess. I think it's because he's tired. But but again, I mean, we established that he, they have a four-hour drive. It's not that big of a deal, right? You know, it, it, it's this four-hour drive is taking them a lot longer than four hours. There's no question about that. And maybe it's because you know they they had to wait for Dell to get comfortable in the driver's seat. I don't know. I mean, he he, and then he goes no. <laughs> And he asks him if he wants to drive, and he goes, no, I don't. And then he says, why did you do this? Now, what the (laughs) question is that? Why did you do this? He's lashing out. It's not like, I know, but it's not like he did it on purpose. It's something that just happened. I mean, yes, he was playing around with it. You know, it's the whole idea that you tell kids, you know, don't play around with something that's going to break. But that's what Dell did. He played around with it, and he broke it. Mm -hmm. Even though it's theoretically a new, uh, relatively new car. You know, you you think... you when think... I watch the scene, I always think that why doesn't he just go in the back seat? <laughs> just, just <laughs> I would just crawl to the back seat. I, I mean, I mean, though I'm six two, so it probably would suck for me comfortable wise. But I just, I, I'm not gonna sit <laughs> in a weird position like that. But yeah, I, I, right. it's all I mean, for comedic effect. One second, have you have you never sat in a car where you've tried to to put the seat back as far as possible to get almost in a reclining position to try and sleep if there's no one uh, behind you? Uh, I'm, no. I'm going to save what my that response to a beaten path to stuff because okay. all I right. have a no problem. problem. All right, all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry, sorry for sorry for jumping ahead on that, but but, but I'm glad. Exactly. You no, but what's great is you're 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 giving people a tease. You know, stick around, stick around. DJ's got stories about about car seats, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest tease of all time. There you go. <laughs> And oh. and then you know Neil is is sitting in the in this in the seat and the seat like we don't see that he's playing around with the seat his hands are both in the air and the seat just like starts rising 
it's as if it's as if he's like praying the way that his hands are. You know, he's, he's and and it just smashes him against the windshield. It's like, I, I which I which is hilarious because there is no seat designed <laughs> where that would be like. Yes, I want my the, the seat to go up, up enough so my face can lay against the windshield. <laughs> That yeah. would be a cutoff, I think, on the on the motorized seat thing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's great acting by by Steve Martin here because you know as the seat is moving on its own in some mysterious way, you know he's he's like he looks around to try and figure out okay who's moving my seat, and then his face just smashes up against the the windshield. And what's funny is that Dell doesn't even react to this. It's just okay. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't want to be wrong, I guess. Yeah. I guess? I don't know. He's, he's oblivious to Steve's pain. No, but he or, did, I, if I was sitting there, and even if I didn't believe it, I would I would be looking in 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 shock that something like that happened. <laughs> you know? And then Dell's response is, is well, look, I'm not going to be held responsible for faulty engineering. Faulty <laughs> well, engineering, great line. Fantastic. <laughs> Where do you go? You can't attack him after that. It's like, like I, you didn't, I didn't make the car. Yeah. <laughs> And and Neil is still pasted against the the windshield and goes, oh boy, this is comfortable. This is really comfortable. <laughs> and then the, the the seat goes back, you know, automatically again. He he doesn't have to. It's it's like he's using the force to move the seat. And, ah, there it is. Dell is a Jedi. Je- <laughs> this makes this makes this movie completely different if you do that. That's right. <laughs> Dell is a Jedi who who is who's just trying to. To stop Neil from complaining, so he's moving the seat. There you go. They do leave leave uh, lead a, a lonely, solitude life. Uh, the Jedi. So maybe he's like the Obi Wan Kenobi of this film. He's just <laughs> he's trying to uh, you know just help somebody else on the path of the Force. Uh, I, I, this is the last place I thought this this, this show would go to. <laughs> so well, that's that, that's what's fun about doing these things minute by minute. You can go anywhere. It's not planned. <laughs> Like you know, even a galaxy far, far away. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Take Neil and Dell to a galaxy far, far away. And then the seat goes all the way back again. And Neil is, I guess he's he's somewhat happy that, okay, that I'm not going anywhere else here. And then the response is, okay, I don't want to argue. All right. Let's not fight. All right. All right. And then Neil says, then I'm going to go to sleep. All right. And then he reaches behind him and takes the jacket from the back seat. See, he couldn't lie down in the back seat because he had the jacket there. Mm. You know, that, that he would have crinkled his jacket if he would have lied down on it. <laughs> and then he uses it as, as a, a blanket, you know. And and then he, he says to Dell, all right, I'm putting my wallet in the glove compartment. Don't let me forget it. <sighs> Which, in, <sighs> in general, is a smart move. I mean... But, is it I, I, no. <laughs> is it a smart move? Why is your pocket that is it that un, is your wallet that big where it's uncomfortable in your pocket? I just Well he's got no money, so it can't be that just, so, so, so <laughs> why taking that that's not, when he says it even every time I watch the movie, like in your mind you're like try and hope this time this time you watch it, it'll be different. <laughs> but it's not <laughs> so you watch it's like, no, why would you <laughs> that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard to put in my wallet in the glove box. I have never had the inclination to do that, but when it, 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 it sets up everything, a lot of this this uh, segment we have are just breadcrumbs to pay off the yes. payoff jokes, right. which, which are fantastic. Which is which is why it's such a great script, especially right. after the fact that they cut it down so much, and this stuff still stays there and helps. You know, right. 
no question about the fact that that John Hughes was a genius and yes. knew how to write a script really, really well. And to, like you said, put those those breadcrumbs around, and you know you have Chekhov's gun. So here we have Chekhov's wallet. Chekhov's wallet. <laughs> Chekhov's cigarette. Chekhov's wallet. Chekhov's uh, parka. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just a whole bunch of Chekhov stuff. Chekhov's all over the place. <laughs> Hey, you see, then we're going to talk about Star Trek 2. Star, Star Trek is about to come up. I was just about to say Star Trek. We've, we've crossed, all we need is Battlestar Galactica for the three-peat. That's all we need to get some kind of silent we, we have to, thing. We have to find a way to get into the silent. You're right. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Pavel Chekhov. There you go. Pavel, Pavel Chekhov. <laughs> so, okay. So he puts it in the glove compartment. Now, what do you know about a glove compartment? I know if you lock it, you need a warrant for somebody to go inside of it. <laughs> that's about as much as I know about a glove box. <laughs> and that's the only thing I keep in my glove box is my registration and the lock for my tire, and that's it. I've never, I think I've opened my glove box in my car maybe five times since I've had my car oh, in wow. my tire. <laughs> I don't I ever. It's like a part of the, the the house that you never go to. It's just like I don't, I don't ever go in a glove box. I go to a trunk more than I go to a glove box. <laughs> I don't glove box is just a mystery. I don't wear gloves. I'm from Florida. <laughs> I don't have a need for a glove box other than to make sure that the proper paperwork is right next to me. That's it. Okay. Well, you armrest. Did, you I did... use the armrest more than the glove box. Ah, there you go. Well, of course you can put your arm on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I even open it up. I have like my the stuff that I like you know. Ah, you're talking about in the middle. Stuff. You're talking about the armrest right, right, in the yeah. middle. I, I, the ah. glove box is just right. it's just a thing. I don't ever. I don't ever touch it. It's just it's it's there. You know, it's there. It's in every car. You just never ever mess with it. Or at least I never mess with it. Right. Well, I I actually I was going to ask you what you have in your glove compartment. So that, that you you jumped you you, you knew oh, that sorry, question. Be, no, you knew the question before him. That's great. Now, maybe you're a Jedi too. Yeah, I am so. a Jedi. Too. <laughs> I sensed right. I sensed a disturbance in the glove box. I I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So what I keep in my my glove compartment is actually I have like tissues in there and, you know, I have obviously the insurance stuff. I have a a car repair book and stuff like that. And I also have a Coca-Cola glass in there, right? Because when when (laughs) when I'll explain why, when I go to the movies, I I, I can't drink out of the the, the paper Coke cups that they give Uh, you. So I have a spare, you know, Coca-Cola glass that I keep in my glove compartment. So when I'm at the movie theaters, I take it out and, you know, I, I, I usually will bring a bottle of Coke in with me because again, I don't like the watered down stuff that they give us in the, the right. theater itself. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I just, I have my own, my own glass and because there's nothing like drinking Coke from a glass. It's not the no, same as, awesome. as drinking from the paper stuff. So uh, that's basically what I use my glove compartment for. <laughs> I keep a, 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 a glass in there. You know, I come home from the movie, I, I wash out the glass, I let it dry off, and then the following morning, I put it back in the glove compartment till the next time I go to the movies. You know, even, that is a even during COVID, thing. even during COVID, even during COVID during where, during no, COVID, I'm saying wow. even during COVID when I didn't go to the movies as much, so it, I would still drive around with the glass. <laughs> if you would have given me 7,000 guesses, <laughs> the last, I, I, I probably wouldn't have guessed coca-cola glass in my glove box it could have been a, it could have been an animal you could have said a gerbil anything uh what do you call it? a pair of uh uh plier anything glass that's, that's 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 interesting i mean I, I i help manage a movie theater so i completely understand that i don't want the watered down soda stuff yeah but man 
They let you get in. This. So you, you must be doing a little uh, infiltration. I, when I you just put it, it in there. I put it in my pocket. Okay. Wait, you're talking about you're talking about taking about taking the bottle the the, the bottle of coke in or taking the the glass? The, either one. Okay. I mean, well, well I live. I live. Don't in, let you. I live in Israel, and there's there's actually a law here. They passed a law called the popcorn law. Uh, okay. I think it was like three or four years ago, which means that right. anything that they sell in the movie theater, you're allowed to bring in on your own. Also, they can't stop really? you. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We're like uh, militants about. Uh, that at Arthur, you can't bring the only thing that we let you come in with is a if it's water or something. If it's anything else, if their bag is bigger than like a certain thing, we don't let you anywhere near. You're telling me if the movie theater starts selling pizza, I can come in there with a pizza? Well, theoretically, yes, but I mean, I I still I I'll, I've I've gone to movie theaters with hamburgers in my pocket, you know. Oh, really? I, yeah. Awesome. I I you know when when I go to the movies, I, I want to enjoy myself. You know, it's a I'll, you know I have a hamburger. That or or uh, you know chicken nuggets or something like that. I, I what I usually do is I I have my laptop in in my in a bag and you know I I just put it under the laptop and they don't check that far. You know I once got caught and they forced me to eat the hamburger as I was waiting to go to the movie. <laughs> you had to shove it. To... Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's I was challenged. At that I was I was really pissed because I said to them I said here just just hold on to it for me and I'll eat it when I get out of the movie theater in two hours. They and can't be held responsible for holding on to your food. Okay? And, that, and that's wanna... what they said. They said we yeah, can't take do it. that. They said they said either either eat it now or throw it away. I'm like, oh crap. Right. <laughs> As somebody who's kicked many a people out of the movie theaters, this, we would have had an interesting conversation about you uh, walking in with a hamburger. Where'd you get this hamburger from? Is it is it medium rare? Would you? Is there bacon on there? Is there is a kind of cheesy? Uh, I, I, what kind I of cheese do you have on there? All right. Well, uh, I, I keep kosher, so no bacon, no cheese. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. all, right, all right, all right, all right. That's interesting. Do you put any kind of condiments on your hamburger? Do you put like ketchup, mayo, mustard? Anything ketchup, like ketchup, and mayo. That's what I got on that. No, no like mustard. That. You don't like a little tangy little, little no, thing. No, no, don't, uh, don't, don't have, don't have mustard on them. I, I have. I mean, I like mustard and some of this, but you know what? I think, I think in in the fast food restaurants here in Israel, they they don't offer mustard. I mean, I have, I have like you know, container of mustard at home that I use. But what I do is no. I take the ketchup and I take the mayo and I put it in a bowl and I, and I mix it together and then I got a kind of like a hamburger spread. That's what I usually do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do that. that. They put it together. When, when you put it on the hamburger, you put it together, obviously. Right. You know, it's not one on one side, one on the other side. You know, <laughs> My sister was like, does not like, she puts barbecue sauce on her hamburger. She does not like ketchup at all. What she likes barbecue sauce. It's weird. I don't understand that. I, she dips her fries in barbecue sauce. I think she's just a barbecue sauce fanatic. I think that's what it is. Right. No, I, I, like, I like it with mayo. You know, and and uh, and and I I think I was even doing it before. You know, we had the whole pulp, pulp fiction idea of talking about you know uh, <laughs> royale with cheese, know, royale with they, cheese, they, and they, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How do we get the hamburgers? Oh, I'm sorry, you 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 no, that's fine. The movie with him. That's right, <laughs> because we were talking about we we're talking about the glove compartment. Do, do you know why it's called the glove compartment? I'm assuming to put gloves in. I, that'd be my first bet. Okay, now why would someone need gloves when they're driving? There's driving gloves. Uh, 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 what movie was that where the guy had gloves just specifically for driving? I, I would assume. Right. I most, most movies, yeah, the killer has to have gloves. The killer has the gloves. <laughs> but he doesn't keep them in, in the glove compartment, you know, usually. No, so so back when, when they first started, you know, with uh, making cars in the early 1900s, so it was more open and it was colder. So people had to put – they had to wear gloves. And so when they 
when they made the cars, they decided to have what was known as a glove box, a place that you can keep all of your, your gloves. Now, some of them, as you said, some of them have locks on them. Right. Which uh, is helpful if you have to take your car to, you know, valet service or if you have a convertible or, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, in, in, there are cars, I don't think they still have them the, this way, where you have the button to open the trunk there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember as a kid that my parents had one that locked, but I don't really think you did. Yeah, I have mine locked. I, I think I'm thinking of the, the, the antagonist in Back to School. He had one of those olden like cars maybe it was a Royals rest was open but he, he only had gloves for driving and that's why i was like oh then maybe that's where they but you're taking it way back so that that, yeah. that makes complete sense to me so yeah. and they're coming like right off of horses anyway yeah <laughs> so <laughs> like a couple of decades away from a horse that's right now horse drawn carriage <laughs> now what do you think they call a glove compartment or a glove box in minnesota or in wyoming in southern Minnesota and northwest Wyoming, they have a different name for it. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's probably not going to be the answer. Uh, I don't know. What okay. Call they call it a cubby or a cubby hole. <laughs> All right. And what is, it, what is it called in Idaho and some other Rocky Mountain states? Uh, Idaho, I'd say something potato-related. Rocky Mountain states, uh, a compartment? They call it a jockey box. Again, I have no idea why. <laughs> why? I need the answers to these questions. Yeah, you can't just drop cubby on me and say I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, they don't explain why. They just say it's referred to as a cubby hole. I need uh, to find these people. I need to. I, you need to explain your work. <laughs> Show your work on this. <laughs> this isn't math. <laughs> <laughs> Show your work. I want to know why you divided the five. Okay, let's tell me why. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll try to find the answer for you. If you really, if you're really, really interested, I'll try to. Maybe they're Cubs fans. We don't know. It. We're just gonna. <laughs> Right. Now, what is something that they used to have in glove compartments that they no longer have? Gas tank. That would be, that would be really silly. If you spill a little bit, that's not going to be very good. <laughs> hey, they, they, he was trying to figure it out. Ford was trying to figure it out the car. He had trial and error, you know. <laughs> they, they didn't want people to be able to to have access to the to the uh, to the gas tank. There you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, during this gas shortage we're going through right, uh, kind of still right now. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, that would be very uh, pertinent to have some kind of uh, locking mechanism on your gas tank. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer to that question is a light. They used to have lights in them, and they, they, the car companies decided that they're going to cut costs, and they're no longer going to put those in there. Lights? What? What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would you have a light? Well, the same reason you have a light you know, in the refrigerator. I don't know. Which... <laughs> <laughs> I guess because, uh, unlike me, they, they, they people putting a whole bunch of stuff in there, and they want to be able to check, you know, see what it is, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's that's weird. I'm I'm still com uh, confounded by cubby hole. What was the one for Idaho? It was called a, a jockey, jockey box. Jockey box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I just looked up why it's called what a cubby hole is, and it basically mm -hmm. says that a cubby hole is another word for glove compartment. <laughs> that's the response. Oh, thanks, etymology expert. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Wikipedia. You know. <laughs> Wikipedia lyric that said, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, 
I love the way that, you know, it, it, it refers you back to each of them. You know, it's like. See <laughs> cubbyhole. See jockey box. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, what's the answer to A? C, B. What's the answer to B? D, A. <laughs> Again, show your work. It goes back to math right there. <laughs> okay, so a jockey box is an insulated container containing ice or water, as well as a long coil of hollow tubing. It's used to cool beverages being served on tap in temporary oh. location. See, that's a good thing that if, if your glove box was almost like a cooler, that'd be awesome. But then you can put your glass in they there. They actually have those. I was going to, oh. that's the next thing I was going to say. They have, hey. there are new cars that have, that are temperature controlled that you can use them as a cooler for beverages. You, uh, an example they give here is the Dodge Caliber. And there, there are even cars that have multiple compartments so that you can heat stuff up and you can cool stuff off and you can keep it at room temperature. And I mean, that's just crazy. You know, it's like, it's like a George Costanza. Why would you have to leave your car? I just, I just sleep in my car. It's a George Costanza, you know, uh, Barca Lounge, you know. Barca Lounge. (laughs) The Costanza. (laughs) Right. The new Chevy Costanza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that would work. (laughs) <laughs> all right so we'll we'll, we'll 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 stop with the glove compartment stuff right now <laughs> now when when neil opens the glove compartment you can see what's in their glove compartment so you have the car manual which says 1986 on it and there's an opened pen which is really strange it's a pen without a cap all right you know, that's going to explode in the heat, but all right. Um, well, they don't know yet that it's going to get heat. <laughs> that, that's oh, I'm thinking of the temperature of the car. I'm, again, I'm from Florida. So when I hear, when I see pen, and if you keep a pen in your car in Florida, by the time you get back to your car, it's going to be all over your seats oh, or wow. anywhere. Yeah, it's going like, to be like 100 degrees in your car, unless you have like, you know, you're parking in a parking garage. But if you're out to the elements, it's like 91 degrees outside. Your car is essentially an oven, so you keep pens around. Right. It's not a good idea. <laughs> and and then what what I noticed at this point was is that, you know, neither of them is wearing a seatbelt. No. I, I I did notice that, especially <laughs> later on in the scene where he's reaching back. And so I was like, oh, yeah, you're not. Wearing... But this wasn't. When was this law? When was the. Ah, law? Okay. We're going to get there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so seatbelts, blah. That was like, was, <laughs> who you wear seatbelts in 1986? <laughs> right. So I mean, it was seatbelts were were are, are used to reduce the likelihood of death or serious injury in a traffic accident because it reduces the force of secondary impacts with interior strike hazards by keeping occupants positioned correctly for maximum effectiveness of the airbag. And by preventing occupants being ejected from the vehicle in a crash or if the vehicle rolls over. Okay. Those are important things to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, basically to keep them from flying through the windshield. That, that's more or less right. what it is. Now, the whole question is, is, you know, at what point did they start uh, putting seatbelts into cars? So basically they – started putting them in pretty early in 1946 there was oh, really? a there was a doctor a neurologist who in pasadena california whose name was dr c hunter shelton sheldon excuse me and right. he decided to give money to the automobile industry and try to no sorry he he made it 
<laughs> says he, he made a major contribution, so I thought that was money. No, he, he gave them the idea. <laughs> Oop. He gave them the idea to, to start using retractable seatbelts because they, they, beforehand they just had normal seatbelts that, that you know, were, were very uncomfortable. Not that seatbelts are more comfortable, but, you know, there's, there's a reason for them. <laughs> and the reason he did right. this was because he saw so many people coming in with head injuries in the emergency room that when he did a little bit of research, he realized that it was because of the primitive design of the early seatbelts that caused all of these injuries and deaths. Right. So he convinced one of the uh, car agency, if car manufacturers named uh, called Nash, to to install in 1949 40,000 cars with seatbelts, and most people who bought cars did not want them. They basically sent it back. <laughs> they said, "I don't want it. This is just too uncomfortable." Still to this day, to this day, is people still fight over the seatbelt yeah. thing, even with proven evidence <laughs> how, how valuable it is. Yeah. They basically they said that the, the most people met it with insurmountable sales resistance. <laughs> insurmountable, oh my god! And after one year, they had only sold one thousand of those forty thousand cars. And then yeah, slowly, say... slowly but surely, other other car companies started adding them in the the fifties and everything. In 1966, Congress passed the National Traffic and Motor Motor Vehicle Safety Act, which required all automobiles to actually have seatbelts, but they didn't force people to actually wear the seatbelts. That only... there's, a, there's an analogy that can be made from what you're selling right now, from back then to what's going on kind of <laughs> still right now. Yeah. Because it's essentially you're telling, uh, saying that there was this thing invented that makes you safe, or at least safer, and people are hesitant to have it. And they passed a, a government bill and people were resistant. It sounds very similar to a certain situation that uh, has been going around for the last three years. Yeah, could be. So. Now, what, what's, what's very funny is that what, what, I, what I read here was is that the fact that, that there are places that have mandatory seatbelt laws, they, they have little or no effect on the overall number of traffic fatalities because seatbelt usage also – Disincentivizes safe driving behaviors, thereby increasing the total number of accidents. You know, hey, I'm wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> I can just drive a thousand miles an hour. Screw it. <laughs> drive off this cliff. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a seatbelt. That should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they told me it was supposed to save me. <laughs> it did save me, but I still got into an accident and killed ten other people in the the car across from me. So right. in America, they started mandatory seatbelt laws in the early 1980s, and people were very much against it. And there were even people who took the the car the, took took the government to court to be able to challenge these laws. And there were people who would cut seatbelts out of their cars to make sure that that they wouldn't. You know, people are just crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, this all sounds very, very familiar to me. <laughs> it's very, very familiar. Life, uh, history, you're doomed to repeat it if you don't. Uh... <laughs> exactly. You're deemed to, to if you have to learn from the past or you're deemed to repeat the, the failures of the history present, yeah. or something like that. Uh, I don't know the exact quote, but yeah, yeah, more or less, that, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> then we get a shot of the car driving on the, the road. And we see Neil is just lying down sleeping, and we see Dell. You know, it's a, it's a great view from from the front of the car. I mean, obviously, it's done on the soundstage, 
you know, it's not them really driving. So, but but, oh, but the okay. view, that, but the view that we get here is great. So we see Dell, you know, uh, driving, and you have a pack of cigarettes in front of him on the dashboard. Which last week it was on the other side in front of him when he was by where he was when he was sitting in the passenger seat. And there's mm-hmm. still a wrapper. There was there was a wrapper of it could be some sort of maybe potato chips or pretzels or something that's still sitting there on the side. <laughs> You know, meaning meaning <laughs> that when they stopped to to switch drivers in, in the script, they stopped in a in a uh, in a bar, so no one thought to throw that away. It's still there. <laughs> it's a reticle. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, but you think that Neil would would be more, you know, uh, anal retentive. Anal retentive. Like, you know, there you go. That's yeah. that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So it's just funny to to see that, and you see that that Dell is now smoking a cigarette. He's got a cigarette in his hand. And we hear music from the song Mess Around. And we'll, we'll talk more about it tomorrow because tomorrow is an entire Mess Around ep- centric episode. So we'll, we'll right. leave a little bit of, the, of that to talk about tomorrow. But I love how he starts tapping the, the wheel. He's t- tapping the steering wheel, pretending to be playing and stuff like that. And then, you know, he, he, he takes the cigarette and, you know, drops a little bit of ash outside of the, the crack through the window. You know, he's singing along and stuff like that. And then, you know, this somewhat bothers Neil a little bit. And you see that he just like turns over and faces away right. from Dell, which which works really well for the rest of the this this whole scene that we're going to be dealing with over the next few days, where Neil is just not paying attention to what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just. I do. I, I do like him. When he's running his, he's uh, mimicking the piano playing on the dashboard. I love that part. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that tomorrow because we we get into that a lot more tomorrow. Talking mm-hmm. about that. So I mean, that's how this minute ends. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to discuss about this minute that we didn't uh, get to? Besides uh, Jedi's I, and, I, and Trekkies and and <laughs> Jedi's and Trekkies and glove boxes. Oh my. <laughs> What kind of car is this? We have, you, you, you've uh, discussed what kind of car this is. Yes, we did. Driving. It is a. It's, it's first of all, it's a fake car. It's it's made. Oh, it's not a real car. Oh, okay. it's it's made of two different um, cars put together. But it's in. I think it's an Oldsmobile. Um, oh, now I have to go back and look in in, in my notes. To see what I, I said last week, but it, the front looks like a Dodge Aries, but I guess like because my friend no, used a, to have a, a Chrysler LeBaron Town and Country. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But what they yeah. what's funny is they call it here something very different. They call it a they they created a new name for it in this movie because it's not the same thing. Did the company not want to be associated with what happens to this car later on in the I, film? Is that what happened? I didn't understand why they would want that, but yeah. <laughs> no one no one wanted to be associated with, with this movie. <laughs> no no airlines, no no car companies, nothing. I wonder if they would do if this movie came out today, would they want that i would assume yes would be the answer probably so it was it was called it, they, they called it, it on the car itself it says it's a farm and country instead of town a and country, farm and farm and country it's a grand detroit <laughs> farm and country turbo that's the that's that's the name of the car <laughs> farm and country instead of town and country you know they, they need to change things a little bit i guess you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> slightly slightly Legally, you're covered. Yeah. You're covered legally. Exactly. 
So, I mean, I, I was reading on the, the Internet Movie Car Database that, you know, that this is basically an amalgamation of, of a number of cars. That they, they took the basic town and country car and then they changed certain things on it to, to fit with other cars and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not enough of a car guy to be able to actually understand or explain those differences. <laughs> so if, if anyone's interested, you can go look on the Internet Movie Internet Movie Car Database. It's the IMCDB, where they yes, have all the. It does exist. Yeah, yeah. It is a real website. <laughs> yeah, it is, it, is, it is. So the the script has a few discrepancies, not mm-hmm. not that many, but basically the when when Neil is lurched forward by the car seat, it's it puts him in a position where his head is to his knees. Instead of him, instead of him being up against the the windshield, I think it works better that he's up against the windshield. Right, more of a visual joke than than the other thing. Yeah, you couldn't get that shot of his face smushed against the glass. So that's a, that's that's money right there. Yeah, and then the the two of them have a, a bit of an argument about uh, music. Del says, you know, Del's driving and he turns on uh, music and he turns on country music and he goes, I you, you like country music. And Neil goes, I did test country music. And he goes, well, listen to your rock and roll oldish, oldies rubbish. I'm not going to argue with you. Put on whatever you like. Just keep it soft. I'd like to get a little sleep. And then he starts playing around going from station to station. And Neil screams at him and goes, find the goddamn station. And then Del says, I'm sorry. I don't have that worldwide radio network committed to memory. And then he keeps flipping back and forth. And they, they continue with their argument. And then he turns off the music. And then basically Dale goes, forget it. You're such a miserable asshole. I don't want to aggravate you any more than you already are. And he goes, I'm not miserable. Turn on the radio and find your station. He goes, forget it. I'm not in the mood for music anymore. And he goes, fine. He goes, I was, but you ruined it. I guess I better consult with you from now on on how you want me to behave so that you'll be comfortable. After all, I only rented the car. You're the almighty passenger. (laughs) And Neil goes, put on the radio. He goes, forget it. Put it on. I'd rather not. And Neil goes, don't play games, Dell. Put on the radio. And then it says, uh, Dell doesn't react. Neil leans forward, does a sit-up, and flips on the radio. He scans down the dial until he hears the plaintive, uh, the plaintive howl of a steel guitar and leans back. Dell goes, thanks, Neil. He goes, my pleasure. And then they get into an argument about, about smoking, where Dell says, uh, does my smoke bother you? And he goes, not if you crack your window open a bit. And he opens the window, and it starts making a lot of noise. Now, I personally cannot drive if any of the windows are open in my car because it it, really? it just annoys me so much the, the the whistling sound. So I always get angry at my kids when they do that. <laughs> you know, even if, <laughs> even if you open it just a crack, it starts making a whistling sound. So I can under I can understand the the uh, this this type of thing. So Neil goes, not if you crack the window open a little bit. So he cracks it open and it howls. And Dale goes, is that too noisy? And then Neil goes, close it more or open it more? And he goes, well, if I close it more, it'll be closed completely. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he says, all right, I'll just, I'll just make the heat. I'll just turn the heat up in the car. And then Dell goes, get a little shut-eye so you'll be fresh for your shift. Now, it's funny that he actually says that because, you know, again, this is a four-hour drive. <laughs> right. You don't have to take <laughs> that many shifts in order to get across <laughs> – yeah, that's that's nothing. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. You can you're gonna get a nap if anything. You're exactly. Gonna, 
don't know. And, and the whole mess around is not in the script at all. That's something that they, they oh. added in later on. So every Monday we do a segment called Martin Monday, where my guest gives their top five performances of Steve Martin. So DJ, you want to give us your top five performances, starting from five, work your way up to one. My number five is going to be uh, the Three Amigos. This is uh, like the heat of comedic movies in which you have like three great comedians in one movie. You got Martin Short, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase remaking the Magnificent Seven slash Seven Samurai with comedy. I, 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 I think I was taken to see this movie by my, uh, my, my cousins, and I, I didn't want to see it. I wanted to see – I forget which other movie was coming out at the time. It was probably something sci-fi or something. And I just remember leaving going, that was a good decision. I'm glad I went and watched that movie because <laughs> I, I laughed throughout the entire thing. Uh, my number four is uh, My Blue Heaven. My Blue Heaven is <laughs> Steve Martin being uh, doing a lot of stereotypical, you know, Italian mobster stuff. And I like the whole thing where they say this is kind of like a comedic sequel to Goodfellas. But it's just the chemistry he has with it's Rick a Moranis. It's comedic sequel awesome. to Goodfellas that, that came out two uh, came out two years later. Two right? yeah, yeah before it came out before yeah. Right. <laughs> Everybody say. like watches it and they're like, this is like the same plot. Like he uh, <laughs> Ray Liotta's character moves to Wichita in San Diego and because whatever. But yeah, uh, it, it's just just him and uh, Joan Cusack in their scenes, or him and Steve Martin, the the, the merengue scene, the. Re- ridiculous ending <laughs> it's just for some reason it's like a guilty pleasure of mine uh number three the jerk uh i i, I was born a poor black child maybe the greatest opening line to a movie <laughs> ever of all time uh i i don't think it's debatable it's absurd but this is kind of like when steve martin was at like the height of his comedic crazy hours uh yeah wild and crazy uh, guy. <laughs> wild and crazy guy steve martin is in that movie uh number two uh it's it's roxanne uh, the remake of Cyrano. I, I love this film. A lot of people don't really even remember this movie. I lo- I love Roxanne. I learned so much from this movie. The bar the bar scene being my favorite part, when he lists off all the insults about himself to be a jerk. It totally even though he doesn't know how to count. Doesn't know how to count exactly. <laughs> He like loses the what 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 number am I on? Uh, th- that scene is just you're on three. Scene, you have another seventeen to go. You know, it's like <laughs> it's so good. But that that scene and probably Conan O'Brien kind of taught me how powerfully disarming self-deprecation is. So much so, like, if you ever listen to an episode of the show that I, I help make, uh, I have an announcer who literally insults everything about the show and every intro and outro. Because if anybody doesn't like the show, whatever insults they can throw at us are going to be less good than the insults the announcer makes. I kind of learned that from Roxanne, where the guy wants to insult him. He goes, no, 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 that's a horrible insult. Let me show you what a real good insult is. (laughs) That's a good insult. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, that's my number two. And number one has got to be – it's still Planes, Trains. It's Planes, Trains. Come on. Yes. It's it's seminal. Come on. What are you talking about? All right. Great. Thank you very much for that. So every day we have another segment called Off the Beaten Track where either myself or – I guess, give a little anecdote story of something that, that happened to us along the journey of life. So, DJ, you got one for us? Uh, okay. 1997. <laughs> I'm driving home. I live in Florida. I was going to Florida State University. My best friend, Jay Plummer, he remembers this story, too. He was going to FAM. They're kind of neighboring colleges. And we're going to drive home for a spring break or a break or whatever. I can't, It was some kind of break. And uh, we were going to leave at night, and we were supposedly going to sleep and then go. 
But we did everything but sleep. We were hanging around the, the mall, our friends. We did everything but sleep. And we get in the road, uh, get on the road about 2 a.m. And we were exhausted. <laughs> and I was driving, and my friend Jay was in the passenger seat. And to this day, we bring up the story every time we see each other. And uh, I remember driving, and <laughs> it's pitch black outside. And then I remember waking up in the passenger seat in broad daylight. And then looking over and seeing Jay driving, but asleep. And then me yelling, and then him yelling, and then pulling over. <laughs> and we're screaming, and we don't remember either one of us, because our plan was to drive halfway, just like in this, and switch. How, how long and was the drive? Seven hours. Well, okay. Florida is very, if people haven't been in the floor, from Tallahassee to Miami, it's about a seven-hour drive if you've taken the cheap, uh, long way. There's a turnpike, it's five hours, but it's a seven-hour drive. And we don't remember pulling over and switching, neither one of us to this day. And <laughs> <laughs> to this day, we don't drive at night because of this. Because of like Together never, or in general? <laughs> Listen, we, we, when I say drive at night, we don't drive long distances at night. We try, it's like, if we're going to drive somewhere, we're going to plan it where we leave in the morning. So the sunlight will be on our face. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it was, you got to understand, imagine you're driving and you wake up in the passenger seat, you look over, and the person that's, you're not not where you were, <laughs> and maybe your friend picked you up, but he's driving the car, and it's, he's, you can see his eyes are closed. <laughs> so yeah, that, that every time I see him, I see him maybe uh, three times a year and he just, we just laugh at each other. Like we always joke, God must've been driving the car. Cause we don't know how <laughs> we, well, got, <laughs> we got, hey, from, from where the I, fact well, that you guys are still around being awake, right. From where I remember being awake to where I, uh, where we were when uh, I woke up again. It's a long drive. It's like maybe the four hours. It's maybe four hours from where I lost consciousness. And apparently he lost consciousness. So maybe we switched seats instinctively. I don't know what happened to this day. I remember so, one, yes. of, one, one of my uncles used to say that, that you can use cruise control and just go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> apparently it's true because I'm alive <laughs> to, to tell the tale. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's great. All right, so you want to tell people how they can uh, get in touch with you? Uh, you can ch uh, check our show out, the Simplistic Reviews Podcast. You can just search Simplistic Reviews on YouTube, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, all that stuff. You can go to simplisticreviews.net, and all our goodies are on there. And you like to hear me and my two cohorts uh, wax poetic about movies and TV, and we do sketches and play games and all that good stuff. Cool. Sounds like fun. And finding me is very simple. All you do is a quick search for a movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, or you can go to our website. So, DJ, you feel like uh, coming back again tomorrow? You want to talk a little? Bit? You, you want to? You want to do? You want to mess around a little bit tomorrow? I'll do a little mess around. I'll, I'll smoke a little cigarette, blow it out the window, and play piano on the dashboard. I can do that. No, I can do that. Yeah. Right, yeah. There's, there's a great <laughs> teaser. There you go. Come back, everyone, tomorrow. <laughs> so, until tomorrow, you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> You're fucked. I'm sorry, I forgot. I caught me off guard. You're fucked. <laughs> it caught me off guard. I literally forgot you said it was a tag. I forgot all about it. <laughs>